<clears throat> Alexa, connect. Searching. Now connected to Charles's iPad. Well, my name's not Charles. But, hello. This is O to the motherfucking T. You can just call me OT for short. And this, this right here, this is you got a story to tell. Yo, Wale. Yo, Wale. Take it away. Eventually he would, you know, if if, if this was. There we go. Damn! You think that was some DJ ability? But fuck it, we gonna roll with it. This was my return from New York, back in the Bay, partying with the homies. Finding myself. I didn't get accepted either. We got, we got plenty of time for music later. We're going to just jump right into it. You guys don't know, this is our third take, to be honest with y'all. <laughs> it's like 10.40 at night. We all got work to do in the morning. Um, when I say all, oh, I mean me uh, and the person that I'm interviewing today. Um, I'm going to stop saying um. It's not going to be an um podcast. But, you know, this is the podcast that I've been working on for five years. You know, I'm glad I've been able to do it. I said I was going to do it, and this has been done. Been able to do what I want. That was me doing it on purpose. But, the guest that we have for you today, listeners, is a man that I respect. He's an interesting man, for sure. Funniest guy. One of the funniest men. Comedian that night, used to be. Husband by day, currently. Graduate, always. Eternally. Welcome. Please help me welcome, ladies and gentlemen, O.J. Patterson. Hey. Hello, O.J. How's it going? I'm um, all right. How are you doing? Uh, for the third time, doing great. <laughs> Hey, you have your trials and tribulations. The third time's a charm. Uh, thank you for being patient with me, man. I really do appreciate that. Um, you know, I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate you for inviting me into your home. Thank you. Um, yeah, if you guys don't know, this isn't a studio that we're recording on. This is something I've built up in my room. Surprise. Surprise. Self-made man. Self-made man. We're starting from the bottom. I don't know, man. I want to. Uh, people don't know what this podcast is. You know, what is you got a story? This is really just me giving the platform to the world that I've met that I really think should have their story told. Um, I think we don't get it enough. It's not focused enough. The questions aren't asked that will make the person's life more interesting to the listener. So I wanted to be that person, and with you especially, because of you know where where you're from. You don't get to hear about it. And where you're from is popping right now. 
I mean, you from the Bay. El Oakland born, I guess, right? You from Oakland? Yeah. Yeah, you started there. And um, you've been just, you know, traveling the world in your own way, um, seeing everything that you need to see and, and, and bringing back them gems and that wisdom that I and the rest of these listeners could probably put in their pocket for the future. So, again, man, I do want to say thank you for coming. And uh, let's just get right into it. So, today is Wednesday. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm trying to think, what's a good start? Like, how do, what's a good question to, to introduce you to the world with? And I guess it would be the question that I asked you on our second take, which was, what do you... Veganism, what is it? Well, it's when you don't eat any animals or from the labor of animals. So that means no milk, no honey. No, I'm playing with you. <laughs> it's been a long hour. A long hour. First off, you were late. I'm not gonna. Like, you're not gonna pump that. Were you late? You were late a little bit. Yeah, I was a little bit late. And you were late to tell me that we live no longer than ten minutes away from us, from each other. I didn't know you moved. Uh. You didn't tell me until later. I'm about my bad. Ain't checking out for nobody in the LBC. I see how it is. Not at all. I am so busy, bro. I don't have time to check on my own health. That's the grind, though, bro. I actually appreciate the grind. I actually like the grind. Like I felt like I was cheating myself when I wasn't at this level of grinding. Mm-hmm. Like, when I wasn't eating the Top Ramen, when I wasn't eating uh, McDonald's, like, when I wasn't, like, really pushing myself to my, its limits and beyond. I felt like I was cheating myself. Wait, it, you, the main tenets of your grind, the pillars of your grind is shitty food? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, you know what, waking up at five in the morning just to look at the sun and say, I'm not going down today, motherfucker. <laughs> You're like, nah, not budgeting correctly, not having the right grains in the house. <laughs> You'd be surprised how, like... Not learning how to cook for myself. Not meal prepping. Did you know how to cook for yourself before you left home? Yeah, did I know how to cook before I left home? Um, well, I think that's a misleading <laughs> question, considering that I was uh, literally a child, unable to vote or smoke cigarettes or anything like that, uh, before brief dalliances back into the house so no i didn't know how to cook <laughs> as a 17 year old moving to college i'm sorry yeah so the, and that's where this why the, the grind for me was starting with food because i didn't know how to cook either like do I, you know how to cook now i know how to make like two meals okay spaghetti mm-hmm. and like chicken with rice and some gravy and some green beans now when you say spaghetti are we talking about like uh are you starting from not i'm not going crazy when i say start from scratch i'm not asking if you are making your own uh noodles but do you do you know how to make your own marinara yeah dog that's just that's literally dumping paint like this red goop in a pot and Mm -hmm. then you just throw extra shit in there like you saute some onions and then Mm -hmm. you cook some meat and boom like put some extra season it's really so it's so simple Mm -hmm. it's like why didn't my mother teach me this Mm-hmm. but thankfully i like because the kitchen was always near the tv i smelled it so i knew you know i and i cooked with her once or twice in my childhood so i kind of remember mm-hmm. all that shit but and then what's the other thing spaghetti and, and like and like it's just chicken like i just get some chicken put some seasoning on it throw mm-hmm. it in the oven 
uh, and then like make some rice and some gravy and some green beans while that's cooking. Mm-hmm. I did that yesterday, so you know, it's all right, man. Cooking is just so t- time consuming, and uh, if I could, man, I'd hire a, a hire a cook to just cook me meals every week. Mm-hmm. But we're not there yet, you know. We go show. We start. Yeah, the right grind here. is still happening. The grind is still happening. The grind is always gonna happen. But I, I don't know. I'm I'm very comfortable in the grind. I don't feel I I only feel great in these kind of moments. Like, like if I was comfortable, I wouldn't feel good. Mm-hmm. I don't like like comfortability to me is like the it's 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 the the gateway to failure almost because you get too complacent in where you're at. And then the world passes you by, and then you know, what is that? Not recession, but it starts with an R. When the money grows, mm-hmm. like every like exponentially, like so, it's like the same. I look at a life the same way. Like the value of our life is only going to increase, and in what we need to pay to sustain what we want. Mm-hmm. So if you get comfortable and you chilling on your couch and you watch the TV for ten years, and you look around, you realize that you're dumb because not mentally dumb but you're dumb to the world because they don't think you kept up with them mm-hmm. and they'll leave you behind yes so that's what comfortability d- feels for me so that's why i try to stay away from comfortability gotcha am i saying comfortability is that a real word it's not a real word all right well we're gonna make it a real word all words are made up by the way if y'all didn't know that yeah yeah i'm just letting you I, i'm just saying have you been looking at the news no nah, actually no we're not gonna start that we're gonna go because <laughs> <laughs> Hey, nigga, you hear about the news? <laughs> Them shit's been happening out shit. there <laughs> on the TVs and the internets. Shit has been happening. Shit that has been affecting me, though, like, on the low. But when, I want to talk about that a little bit later because that, that is a topic. But I feel like these. I feel like the listeners still don't know who OJ is. First off, where did OJ come from? Where did OJ come from? For you, yeah. For me or for... Not for you. I mean, obviously, you, you came from your name. Yeah. But are you asking the origins of of um, why I'm named OJ or just the the name itself? Well, I if I can assume, because mm-hmm. I know your father. Yeah. And I feel like... Great guy. Ah. Lovely individual. If you never, say so. Never harmed a soul. <laughs> you know what? One thing I know about my father, I mean, I can't speak for you and your relationship with your father, but... He really gets it, you know. He's a very, he's like a very, uh, he's like a professor of emotionality, you know. He's he's very emotionally intelligent. Mm. He's like the uh, he's like the Einstein of making um, people feel good mm. and heard and mm. understood and appreciated. So, my father, you know, he uh, the only only um, the only. Uh, I don't even consider it a detriment, but the only, only uh, fault I have with my father is he's not a he's not a soothsayer. He's not he can't see into the future. His third eye is not open. He did not see a uh, a local hero um, turn USC icon turn NFL icon turn entertainer extraordinaire would uh, one day uh, brutally murder <laughs> two people that we know of. And some days I say, Father, why? Why could not your third eye open? Why could you not be a soothsayer? Why could you not be the oracle of your? And he said, you know, mistakes were made. <laughs> but um, uh, it's, it's going to be okay. 
Most people won't recognize the name Orenthal unless they uh she unless they understand <laughs> the uh the the origins of his name. Well, see, that's that's a, a definitely definitely true. They will not know the origins of his name. Um, they will just know him um, forever. But the interesting thing is, I think, well, I'm assuming again, um, that your father finally found someone greater than him that he respected. Um, maybe. Because but there's no one else. He didn't give he, you know. He didn't give you any other name. He didn't even try. Well, he gave him me his name. Yeah, but that was the ego of him. Yeah, but I, you know, if he was really, if he really thought O.J. Simpson was the man, he would have been. Uh, I would have been a rental James Charles Patterson rather than Charles. So you made sure that Charles came first, and then like, almost like I'm a professional wrestler. A rental James was my moniker you know it's like uh uh the american badass undertaker <laughs> i'm not quite american badass i'm more of the undertaker what was school like for you when that went down like uh elementary school i mean is that when it happened yeah i was like six <laughs> did they know at your school i don't think well one we would have to know how to read oh yeah you're right and uh <laughs> that wasn't really cracking like that back in back in uh first grade when so i guess the question is when did the joke start like when did like was it the first white girl you tried to holler at or no i i always say that there was a cottage industry of media that came out of the oj simpson scandal that uh has never been surpassed so it was always permeating in the culture for sure but then it became big business to make fun of oj big business to um, cover OJ and uh, I'm sure there was some uh, you know raised eyebrows about it but at the end of the day I was still like I'd like to say uh, earlier six (laughs) so unless the OJ Broncos chase interrupted Power Rangers that I really had no frame of reference for uh, murder let alone domestic abuse and fame and you know it all seemed, uh, in retrospect, a little far-fetched for me to have an opinion or an, an idea of what OJ was mm. as a concept, as a as a phenomenon. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Got any more questions? <laughs> <laughs> Next question, please. <laughs> Let me tell my story. Uh, I got you. I got you. Um, so you're married. Yes. Did you... Ask your wife to sign a prenup? Did I ask her? Did I ask the woman that makes five times more money than me to sign a paper that says she can have half my stuff? No. It says she can't have half your stuff. No, I, I, I don't. I, I, we haven't. That wasn't a, a discussion. That was a very presumptuous discussion. What if she would have let it? What if she would have led that question to you? Would you have like? How would you have made you feel that your wife? Ask you to sign a prenup. Um, well, it's a very cynical, cynical piece of document. Not in the sense that like we're gonna be uh, together forever. I don't think what that's what marriage is, or at least it isn't for me. Um, the ultimate signifier of that. I, I think for me, it, most of the paperwork 
was um, to not be afraid of the paperwork, to not be afraid of the process, and um, to truly embrace this person as a part of my family and, and I with her. So any of that, like, protection stuff seemed pretty, uh, it, it was missing the point of the reason why we were together in the first place, which I feel like a lot of people who get married and have to get it free of have uh, a very specific idea of what they want from their partner and what they want from the world, and I don't have that desire at all. Hmm. I don't know. if. Because I get what you're saying, right? Mm. It's it's almost like why plan why plan for a future uh, to go bad, right? Like you, you don't you don't foresee you guys getting separated, so why even think about it? I think for me, that whole pre. I mean, I'm not married, but of course, <laughs> nor am I. Nor am I. Wait, where is she? <laughs> She's not here. I thought I was gonna meet your wife. She left me. Um, nah, not really. Uh, but yeah, kind of really. Uh, <laughs> no, I just, I just, <laughs> I just feel like it's, it's not a bad idea to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, it kind of brings, it kind of makes marriage focus more on love that way to me. Like you're, you're, you're setting the bar that, you know what? I can take what I have after this. You can take what you have after this and we can just be separated if we, this doesn't work out because I love you enough to believe that this is all we want is love. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man, I feel like it's very, that's that for me, that's like so simple and, and it makes more, it's so much, it makes as much sense as when um, you say you love somebody and you're willing to deal with everything about them mm-hmm. you know the good and the bad you know the, the um you know uh, i know people who leave others for the littlest things you know and they've been talking to people for years and i'd be like yo you 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 were willing to leave on a small item mm-hmm. what did you think the rest of our life was gonna have you know what i mean like what what problems did you think were gonna be smaller than that like there's nothing smaller than a smaller a small problem and i feel like again i need to stop with these filler words but i feel that i lost my thought by saying filler words damn it what was i talking about uh i think well you said something that i believe should be etched in obsidian and and shared with the world which is there's nothing smaller than a small problem which Mm. is just math if you think about (laughs) it Nothing smaller than a small problem. Exactly, it's not, nothing smaller. It's, it is math. It's algebra, really, because a variable is the problem. It's mm-hmm. super. It's super minute, man. It's, it's, it's. But at the same time, yeah, we can't as dudes like we uh, obviously like we don't get what is a big problem to a woman. But um, um, I don't know, man. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> well, you asked me for if I asked for prenuptial agreement. Prenuptial agreements, which seems like. Um, it just seems like not me for a lot of different reasons. So to answer your question, no. <laughs> and next question, please. Next question. I mean, I think we, I think with the cat out of the bag, um, me and you are brothers. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to keep it a, a, on the hush hush for as long as we could. Because you're spot. embarrassed with me. 
Not, I understand. Not even. I'm not, not even. what I'm not I'm I'm not the type of man that you thought you would be brothers with. You thought you'd have a brother who'd ask for a prenuptial agreement and I'm not that one. So <laughs> I mean, I look at you as the golden child, to be honest with you. Really? I, yeah, yeah. You're the you're the golden child to me, um, because of the the expectations that were placed on you, just because of you being yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you reading books, being good academically. Uh, I I did it turn into to I guess uh, the lack of a better word because I can't think of the word uh, anger, no jealousy, no uh, resentment, maybe um, because you were smart and tall. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. Being your brother, being the brother of a college graduate was also interesting because I didn't plan to go to college mm-hmm. myself. So I, I I never wanted to do anything my brothers wanted did. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't my thing. Like if my brothers like the Raiders, I like the Niners. Oh, you like the Niners, and I like another team. Like I don't I didn't want to copy you guys in any way. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make my own path. Um, and was that hard? Because there's probably like some nice stuff like that we like that you were just like, <laughs> shit man. <laughs> try gun. I love try gun. Why OJ got to be what got it on his backpack? What the, 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 the Gotta, he's watching all this anime. I can't watch anime now. I gotta, I gotta watch this cooking channel. What, no, I didn't. What did you suffer <laughs> from being so uh, different? It was only competitive stuff. Like try anime, I kind of just liked. Like Trigun, you know, it was cool. But even with that, we separated because you went on to focus more on watching other stuff. I, I dove deeper into comedy. But you're right. It was stressful because people. Well, hit you. Why do you like? I like the Eagles, and they would, and before they won a Super Bowl, and they were saying, "Oh, why would you? Why would you?" Congratulations! Thank you. By the way, I'm hyped. I thought I thought about you. I was like, "You've never lived there, but he's always picked them on Madden, and that's what counts." Well, that was the only reason why I picked them. I I picked teams, especially on sports, like because uh, the ones that I was good with. Mm -hmm. So I was good with McNabb. He had an arm. I could throw it. Mm -hmm. They they were they were the only team that I can almost beat you guys with. We have all of our brothers, and Mm -hmm. um. Like even with basketball, uh, I was only in, I was only in Nuggets and a Knicks fans because of Anthony. So mm-hmm. that's the only team I could play with. Like the only person I could play with in the game that can have a competition against anybody. Uh huh. So that was that's the only reason why I'm these fans. So you know, video games help you know help with all of that. Are you even watch? Are you watching the series right now? Are you uh, with anything like the Warriors at all? Are you even paying attention? I dove back into basketball real big. Back in 2017, um, and I, in my unprofessional opinion, I believe it was me processing a lot of stuff through um, another Philly team, the Philadelphia 76ers, mm. uh, who recently got bounced. But uh, yeah, I think in the last couple years. I've gotten too into basketball, listening to four or five different podcasts a day, <laughs> watching the s- summer league games, getting I, the league pass. Really? Yeah. I was thinking about this for why men are so drawn to sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's to do with our fathers and not because they taught us mm-hmm. this sport. That was kind of a bonus. Mm-hmm. I think it was because that was the really only time they'd pay us attention. Mm hmm. I mean, at least with my father, only time that I would get attention, when I say my, I mean ours, um, (laughs) it would be the only time I would get attention from him um, beyond the obvious in trouble 
right? Because we uh we didn't we didn't have anything to bond over. We didn't talk about anything. Um, but basketball, he at least acknowledged I existed in my mind, mm-hmm. and it was cool. Like if I if I had a, if I had a hot take, he'd listen, he'd laugh. But that was, and I think that's what a lot of dudes carry with them. I think they carry that nostalgic feeling of they they were important to their fathers during these games, and then they kind of fills them with joy. Mm. Well, I fell out of basketball for a really long time because I just I, I didn't understand it. Um, I think. My relationship to basketball has always been story. And um, if you grew up when I grew up, you were fed this 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 Greek god from North Carolina who <laughs> didn't want to wear red and black shoes because those are the devil's colors. <laughs> and he, he was beaten by his brother again and again in the backyard basketball hoop too, so much to the point that his only goal in life was to one day beat his brother in one-on-one competition. And he didn't even make his varsity high school team until his sophomore years because some senior beat him out when he was a freshman and he would hang from monkey bars to get taller. (laughs) He won six championships and six tries and Space Jam and baseball (laughs) and... He's retired and now he's back and he's retired and now he's back. And I think um, since uh, graduating and since um, uh, like going to work every day, I, I slowly realized how much of a, a sham most of me enjoying sports was. It wasn't <laughs> so much that I wanted to get close to my dad, even though uh, he did teach me how to use the backboard and how to rebound. Um, Must be nice. Uh, you know, I was just better at it than you. <laughs> you know, I had better eye, hand-eye coordination. I, I was more physical. And, you know, ultimately, he picked the right horse and turned it into uh, teaching who to play baseball, <laughs> who, who to play basketball, and who to play football. Because, you know, you're short, so you're lower to the ground. It's easier for you to turn those corners playing football. Me, you know, I play football. You know, my long, my arms are too long. The swim move don't work. It's, it's, it's it, we, you know, biologically, we found it. We found it. Um, but no, I think now with basketball, it's less so much uh, a nostalgia, but like I think the league is really good right now in terms of storyline, and if you see it as like an extension of pop culture in terms of like Marvel movies or or. Um, uh, uh, Star Wars, anything like that, it's like you have some really interesting characters and a lot of interesting uh, like gossip and drama and it's like a soap opera. It's like wrestling. It's 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 uh, There's a pageantry to it, but there's also a physicality to it. And like sometimes the winners, it doesn't matter because then we're waiting for the free agency and who's going to go where and why. And it's that's why I'm into basketball now is because it's probably one of the best like TNT, we know drama mm-hmm. properties out there right now. That's kind of why I feel like it's rigged sometimes, just because of the storyline. I that hope they kind it's of, rigged. <laughs> it feels like wrestling, doesn't it? When I, I watch it, it feels like wrestling. I hope. I hope LeBron uh, he wins a championship at forty. I want, hope it's that rigged, <laughs> where he's like can't he can only do layups now. But he's still winning. That's how I know it's not rigged because if it was rigged, he would probably 
Or maybe it's better for them to have him lose multiple times in the finals. Yeah, the underdog story. We all love an underdog. We always have. But, um, yeah, it sometimes feels rigged. But then it's just like, um, like I like I like wrestling now. I've watched wrestling since I was a child, and there's nothing wrong with something that's predetermined. It's just about, you know, how much you're buying into, like, this arbitrary thing with subjective rule sets and different quality of team like nothing's equal in any of it you know some people have to play in denver is that kidding me some people have to play in indiana and they have to like it for seven years because they got drafted there like the whole thing is broken so i hope that someone's at least making it if it's predetermined that it's like the best story possible which i feel like i get to see yeah and basketball is one of those things that's going to be just as big as soccer in another 10 years, 15 years, because it's just as safe as soccer. It's not – what makes soccer great isn't – I mean, it's super simple to do mm-hmm. because you just buy a ball and you can play anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also that safety part. It's, you know, how many – like, and with basketball, you gotta, all you got to really do is put up a basketball hoop that, and that stays for years. So it's going to become soccer soon, honestly. We're going to just – well, we're going to take over. I don't need it to be soccer because, like – Basketball is as diverse as um, the countries and the regions that it's from. Like Indiana basketball is very different than New York basketball, different than Athens, Greece basketball, different than Spain basketball. Like they're all different stories. And I feel like soccer, while like they have different stories too, it's just like it's so globalized that I couldn't imagine um, basketball reaching those levels of like. There's like 14 different leagues and they all meet in the the premier championship league cup and it's awful honor and glory and $25 million cash. Like, I couldn't imagine, uh, you know, Kevin Durant having to play basically a whole year because of this, like, this machine that, that has to keep being fed. And, oh, he's going to the World Cup of Basketball. <laughs> imagine, if, imagine if anybody... Just skipped out on their like a a, a Rooney or a, a, a Ronaldo. Just like nah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to play any more soccer. Thanks, country. I'll see you guys in four years. <laughs> but that happens all the time. They're just like, hey, I I bumped my knee in the finals. I'm gonna I'm gonna chill out for this Olympics. Uh, you guys got enough talent, USA. But who's who you get afraid of? Angola. Mm. I don't. I don't think uh, basketball is way more physical than, like, it's less physically taxing, but it's way more physical in terms of just like you're jumping a lot, mm. you're jumping a lot, and mm. you're landing, and your cartilage only has so many jumps. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of that South Park episode when Cart, uh, that kid in the green hat, put balls in his kneecaps to make him taller and he jumps and dunks and he slant and he sl- and it was I think it was Mr. Garrison's balls too and he lands and he just oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Next question Next please. Question. You you stopped doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Right? You were I, I I never quite understood it because I mean you did things like opened up for Hannibal Burrs. Mm-hmm. Um and you always you always kind of danced around it. Mm-hmm. I noticed, um, and maybe it was clear, and I just didn't get it. Still, <laughs> <laughs> it's 
very brave of you. <sighs> you know what? You said some shit, but I, I, I didn't really understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, to be honest, because because I thought I think you're great at comedy. I think you're great at funny um, because you can make the white the white people you make white people laugh. the whites and the blacks they all <laughs> laugh at OJ. <laughs> I, I've never seen you with the. I mean, I, I guess I've seen you with our, our our family reunions doing your comedy, but I've never seen you in a black crowd and mm-hmm. a Chitlin circuit. But I've seen you with the white audience, and you thrive there. That's your that's your pocket. Like you're the Tom Brady of comedy right now. Like in my mind, that's how I saw you. Mm-hmm. Like you like you were just you were great. You had a great squad, and when I say squad, I mean your jokes. And you knew exactly where to throw to make touchdowns, and mm-hmm. I th- and I always felt like uh, you cheated comedy out of it, out of like why why did, why did, tell explain to me why did, why did you stop when you were doing so well? I mean, you even you had your own spot that you had your own. You were hosting, you were the, you made that the store club in Oakland popping. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I seen where they where they've gone since you've been gone, and you know they're almost gone, <laughs> mm-hmm. but. Yeah, explain this to me. Like, explain why why you you stopped your passion, your purpose. In my opinion, mm-hmm. um, well, I I think uh, at the time I was just in a lot of uh, pain and discomfort, and uh, something had to give in terms of uh, work life balance, and then with comedy, it's another job as mm-hmm. well and um to be honest it was mostly just frustration um not at comedy per se but because uh i couldn't really find a lot of uh like like reasons to do it outside of like being good at it and liking it a lot i think it's a very unsustainable lifestyle at least uh for me at that time especially in relationship to like new relationship and new job and um at that point I just wanted to kind of make a joke out of it and just be like, well, then I'm retiring. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm hanging up. Here's my mic stand, and inside of it is my gold watch, and I'm retiring, collecting my pension, and I wanted to make it, like, a thing because a lot of people fade away. So your frustration was a lack of how far you've how, – how, how little the growth was, or was it some – because I, I – I attributed some of it to your wife. I thought she was pushing for you to cut that out too. No, not in like in a direct way. <laughs> What's the indirect way? <laughs> well, the indirect way is um, I didn't have the means to communicate uh, how I was feeling and how I was doing. Even with a, even on a platform where you're talking the whole time from your opinion even even less so because the point of it like some nights i'd have a a, a sobering like confessional comedy set but most of the time stand-up is like you're just doing the dance you just you they they play the song you do the dance you do your routine you shock and jive and then you get out of there and hopefully more people laugh than 
not, and people say, oh, you did a good job, and then you move on to the next. Do you believe those people when they say you did a good job? I well, never believed them. Well, sometimes it, they, they compliment me, and I hadn't gone up. Sometimes <laughs> they're like, hey, you look similar to another tall black comedian, and he did a good job, Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. dark in here, so you get the compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I think it, I, if someone, I've heard people as recently as two weeks ago say like oh where are you from the bay i think i saw you do stand-up and i think there's an element of like if you're relatable enough or um rememberable enough Mm -hmm. uh that's the true like that's winning because there's a lot of comedians that people see that they just don't have any association with yeah um, no, I, I think I needed the time to, like, one, like, have, like, a real job, jobby job, instead of, like, working remotely for places. Mm-hmm. And then I needed uh, to go to therapy. Like, therapy changed my life. It saved my life. And it gave me the language to, if I was feeling a certain way about my relationship or about my job, that I wouldn't just use comedy as, like, this escape or this, like, release hatch release valve that I'd actually address what was going on so it's not that uh I was like bitter about comedy or where I was supposed to go I mean in my heart of hearts yes I want people to feel the pain of me not being out there laughing at their jokes putting them on their on my shows you want them you want to be missed I want to be missed yeah and then uh I think in a practical way, comedy is always going to be there. Mm. You know, I'm still involved, and if I wanted to get back into it, the barrier is so low. And I know the business a lot better now mm-hmm. than I was when I was 21 when I first started. That's in- that's very interesting. Cause I did I thought the same way about um, you know cosmetology when I went mm-hmm. for that, and then, then I was decided to go to college. I was like, you know, if I I, I did I. I I, I I wanted to make sure when I went to college I'm not wasting money mm-hmm. type of thing. So when I did go back and I went to class, it was just like for me it was just class by class, like an alcoholic does with liquor. Mm-hmm. It's like yo day by day, I'm just gonna go to these classes, and if I pass them, I'm supposed to be here, and if I'm not passing them, I'm supposed to be gone. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I thought. I was like yo, hairdressers are gonna be here when I if I if I fail, so let me just focus on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found out was kind of my purpose because it led me to my next step, which is this. And my question for you is, for your purpose, do you feel you found your purpose uh, in some sense, not with comedy, but just in life? I, I've been, I read a – yeah, answer the question. <laughs> answer, do it. <laughs> Say words into the microphone. Get your black lips next to that black mic. You say it. Speak it to the mic. I said, answer the goddamn question. <laughs> uh, well, I think I think it's very easy to, for me to say uh, no in the sense of um, do I feel like I'm um, fulfilling my purpose or um, uh, do I feel like I've I've reached some level of ascendance mm-hmm. with that. No, of course not, because, you know, I'm a competitive person and I have an ego and I would like to reach certain heights with anything that I endeavor on. Um, 
But I think in another way, if you pivot and you reframe it, I think I have reached my purpose. I think a lot of like going to school, doing comedy, put an unnecessary need for validation and uh, to do things that I think I'm supposed to do, you know, rather than actually being curious and like designing my life to the point that everything is an expression of like curiosity and joy rather than like ambition and growth because I feel like if you try to be ambitious and grow to a degree you're looking for results and I'm just trying to trust the process and my process right now is becoming um, more in tune with myself mentally and also finding ways to like be as adventurous as I was when I was a child when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do like go to the library more use people as resources like read self-help like all that energy was kind of dormant for a while because I was having fun I was killing it in comedy I was I had a job in the game industry and once I started stripping all that away I didn't have to have a purpose anymore because my purpose was to make sure that I'm not leaving anything unturned or no stone like uncovered. I made sure that at the end of the day, whether or not I make it, make it, I can say, well, I experienced everything I needed to experience. Hmm. So what you're telling me in so few words that's a lot of words. <laughs> is that you were you you were kind of comfortable with what with comedy with 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 your bubble with the whole having fun and and doing comedy and killing it and 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 when I mean comfortable I mean like like right now you said you said uh, you got away from the things that made you hungry. Like, you got away from the library, you got away from reading self-help books, you got away from gaining knowledge, you got, you, you got, you got away from growth, in a sense. And growth and not, because like, you were going in a- other avenues, but those seem to have been dead ends at this point. Um, not that they were dead ends. I think, yeah, I was, I was, um, I was denying myself growth. In, in a certain way but I was also um, positioning my life in a way that uh, not that I was comfortable but that I couldn't imagine beyond what I was doing because everything takes from you everything you do takes attention from something else mm-hmm. and the more I loaded on my my plate i would be able to eat but i wouldn't be like oh what is what's a kumquat how do you how do you prepare papaya what Mm -hmm. how do you what what am i missing and i think that's part of the reason i enjoy my life right now is because everything i'm doing now would have seemed uh preposterous 
<laughs> five or six years ago. Your fucking vocabulary has always annoyed me. <laughs> like, I can't even lie to you, bro. Like, I fucking need a dictionary to my talk to you. Everything I'm doing now would seem uh, ridiculous. Okay. Five or six years ago. I, I Lifelong Bay Area who just went with the flow couldn't imagine being in a seven-year relationship. Couldn't imagine. Sort of long distance, too, right? Long distance, yeah. Mm-hmm. Couldn't imagine not doing comedy because he loved comedy so much. Mm-hmm. How could he not do it? Mm-hmm. Couldn't imagine driving. Couldn't <laughs> imagine driving cross country. Couldn't imagine like renting a car at, on a, somebody's wedding weekend and figuring out and making sure that it all goes through because of just pure force of ingenuity and resourcefulness. And um, that's cool, I think, that everything... Um, six or seven years ago I would have been afraid of I've been able to not only like experience but like thrive from it and adapt from it and become not a better person but at least a different person yeah 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 which which comes with you know life honestly and and learning it's very interesting though um (laughs) the that that you ju- the cross the cross country thing is interesting to me because I didn't know you did that. Uh, not cross country. I mean, I I, I drove up from L. A. To, <laughs> to the Bay, but that felt like cross country for me. You know, that's my cross country. We all have our cross countries to bear. Some people actually do actually it. go away, <laughs> and that's silly. Just get a plane ticket. But you know, for someone who. Uh, didn't start driving till he was 24, 25. Yikes. Um, I never assumed that he'd have to because he was going to live in the Bay Area. Live in the Bay Area. The BART trains. Take the BART to his newly minted San Francisco Comedy Museum, and he was going to be Mr. San Francisco Comedy. Um, I get that. Yeah. I get that. It, it's. Uh, it's very small baby steps to being comfortable. Um, one day, metaphorically driving across country, whatever that is. <laughs> metaphorically, you'll get there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna, I wanna. Before we close out, I wanna just, I do wanna ask um, a question. Um, this is more about, more about love. Um, uh, I, I'm a. Uh, I'm, I've lost love. I lost a lot of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, nah, I'm lying. It's like a motherfucker. I've actually only loved two people. Okay. Um, but one, I kind of knew the expiration date. Like, I knew when it was going to be over mm-hmm. before we even started the relationship. Yeah. So it was a kind of different type of love. Um, it was a more, it was, uh, but it was still love. Mm-hmm. But when I lost it, I knew when, it was like, it's like when, when you know someone's diagnosed, diagnosed with cancer, like, you know when they're going to die. So it's like, you might as well just enjoy the love that you have now. Wow. Why 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 are you still here? I'm just saying, like it's the same similarity. Mm-hmm. Except she didn't die at the end. Yeah. Um Thank God. Thank God. Um But I do want to talk about this new love. Cause I uh uh I this new love lost. because um, it's interesting. I find myself being connected to the world. Like as they're going through their breakups and everybody's going through their breakups, there's all these breakup music. I'm dealing with that disconnect. Because we need I didn't break up from this person, I just kind of disconnected from them. Mm-hmm. And I guess my question for you would be, um, did you have moments 
Not that I think. Never mind. I'll ask it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have moments where you felt you were going to be that old dude, loveless, and accept it? Like you were going to be cool with it? Almost like, you ever seen that TV show, The Cool Kids? Uh, No. So it's a whole... it's this whole premise of these old dudes, and one of the characters is um, a black dude. He's old. He's he's basically has only thing he has left is his friends, mm-hmm. failed marriage, kids, and I find myself thinking, uh, I could I, potentially I have to accept that could be me, right? Mm-hmm. Potentially that I could I, I have to accept it now too. That so that way when it gets there, I can embrace it. <laughs> I could be like, all right, fuck it. I, I knew this was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But for you, I uh, I want us to know: Did you ever feel like that? Because just seven years is a long time, and mm-hmm. um, I'm sure you guys almost broke up a few times. Mm. No, no, I think we've had one argument. <laughs> wow, um, what was like that about? Serious argument. It was just like I had a real bad habit. Um, leaving the toilet seat up. Uh, leaving the toilet seat up. She would. She would fall in she'd look at me and say <laughs> one of these days uh, i'm i'm not only going to uh shake my fist at you i'm going to leave you mm. and i'd always say you know what you know what you're right i gotta take that to heart i gotta put that toilet seat down um no i, I had a <laughs> habit of i didn't know you were doing the joke that whole time i thought you were really talking about this joke. oh god you have an active imagination um no i i I think our argument was really just basically um, uh, like me. It was dumb. It was like, oh, her saying like, oh, I think I'm going to get into riding a bike. And me being like, yeah, you're going to ride a bike. And I think the implication I was trying to say was like, oh, because I've seen you ride so many bikes. You're going (laughs) to ride so many bikes. But I think what I was doing at the time was being uh, a jerk an asshole and being <laughs> like i can i can tell you what you're capable of i can oh. put limits on you i think oh. that's the implication for me um that i didn't get that from that that i was expressing and i've slowly had to learn how to stop doing that telling women what they can and cannot feel and what they can and cannot accomplish Obviously, but um, I think that um, was more about us having very different conflict resolution skill sets or different ways we resolve conflict, which is uh, me. I tend to like become avoidant and um, my wife, she tends to be like, especially if she has the upper hand. And an argument, which is all the time, right? Um, more like, I'm not gonna talk to you, but I'm gonna like make sure you know that I'm mad at you. So I'm not trying to engage, and she's not trying to engage, and that's the only time we had an argument. And other than like that, and like couples therapy, um, it's it was never really in doubt in doubt you did couples therapy Mm -hmm. oh wow it was always about how do we get to the next 
part? How do we get to like a vocabulary with each other so that if like I'm having a depressive episode or if she's just like super frustrated um, that we can give each other space but also not make the other person feel like they're stranded or that they're not that, you know that, that everything's still cool mm-hmm. um, and did I ever well I, I was a late bloomer um, so for the f- like first like fi- like you know like teenage up to like 22 it was very much like I want someone to notice me I want someone spectacular I have all these like aspirations about like love and and needing affection and needing attention and validation and then comedy came through and I no longer had to worry about that because like why would I go to this party or to a rave or anything when like there's an open mic and I want to get some stage time and all my friends are there and then we all make each other laugh so it replaced your your I guess desire it, like one desire replaced the other well, I, I I always said, for me, um, it was it wasn't so much desire. It was like someone has to be truly remarkable to even take my attention slightly off mm-hmm. of comedy at that point. Mm-hmm. Like I, it wasn't even like a desire. It was like an obsession. Like. I cannot not do comedy. So either you're with that or you're not. But um, it removed this feeling of like, oh, the time is ticking. Because I was becoming more myself. I was becoming like cooler and freer and more. Isn't that amazing that the the coolest thing about being cool is being yourself? Well, it's not just being yourself. I think the coolest thing about what I always found cool about myself was um, my ability to like navigate solo where a lot of people need more support, more social support with their friends. I could just go in and out of any situation. And when, when I found comedy, it was like the ultimate version of that. Cause I'm just like, if there's a stage I can go on it or I can travel to it basically by myself don't have to worry about anybody. Don't have to do anything with anybody. I don't have to face any rejection in that sense. So I would say, like, it, if I, if you're worried about that, then you haven't found, if you're, like, you're worried about love and like being kind of like out of the general scheme of things, like that's important anxiety to hold. Because it's like what makes you human ultimately is this like need to be loved. But I would say if you haven't found that thing that you would do constantly without any of that, without any validation, without any like acceptance, then I would hope you find it because it's very liberating to not be like just so thirsty or so lonely that you're just like, you don't know what's what. Is this person the best person I've ever met? Or is this like my soulmate? Or is this person just a distraction because I'm afraid of something that I could be doing with this time that I'm investing? And you know what I'm saying? Where it's just like, like, 
um, not to disparage anybody's relationship, but like how much relationships just happen out of like convenience or boredom versus like this person really showed me something that made me have to change my perspective, that made me better, that made me challenged. Like most people don't need that out of a relationship, but I feel like for me, especially with comedy going up at the time, like meeting my wife was very much this like impasse, this crossroads where I was just like, um, I know I'm not gonna die alone, but can I invest the same energy that I'm putting into comedy into this one person and then ultimately within myself? I want to touch on two things that you just said. Uh, that later, th- latter thing. Remember that for me. But mm-hmm. the first one was about um, you were talking about how you needed, you need, you had an obsession with comedy, and mm-hmm. if there was no like, if you if you could never, if you didn't, if you didn't, I guess distract me from my obsession, you weren't worthy of my attention in a sense, right? Yeah. In a lot of ways, I get that because that's exactly how I did, you know, my life after like 20 mm-hmm. because college became my obsession. Mm. And then, you know, I tried comedy, but I couldn't balance out college and comedy. So I chose college. Mm. <laughs> and then and then when I graduated, that's when I saw me and this friend of mine have a rift mm. because I lost my distraction. I lost my obsession, which was college when I graduated, and mm. now my obsession turned to her. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. It's so bad. And then, like, like I read books. I, I'm always reading books. Like, you know, shout out to See the God. Shout out to Dante Nero and their podcasts um, for offering books that I read about this stuff. But I was so – I didn't I, – I, and, and it was so crazy because I knew what I was doing. I just couldn't stop it because mm. I didn't have anything else. I didn't have a purpose. I didn't have – a place in the world. I didn't have a job. I was depressed. And that was the spiral of it all. Mm. Because you can't, you can't look, I know these chicks out here. They want, they tell you, they want you to have to give them their full, your, your full attention. They, they say they all that, whatever, whatever, but that's not what they really want. They want to know at the end of the day that you got something beyond them. They want to know that you, like if they die tomorrow, you're not going to shatter because of that. Mm-hmm. They need to feel comfortable with that. They need to know that you're, they're they're not your world, even though they want they, they, they all these fucking songs and shit. They 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 make us believe they they have to be our world. They're not. They're mm-hmm. not supposed to be. You're not. You keep putting these girls on a pedestal. They're gonna pee on you. So I had to get. I I and with this situation, I I realized because um, what my obsession is now is this and my my podcast. This is this is it. This is where my mind is at. This is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And that's and I, and I so hate the timing of this whole disconnection because if she would have waited just a couple weeks, what she was mad about would have been extinguished because I would have been putting all my energy into this. Did she actually like? Did she say that uh, explicitly that she was mad at you for that? She was mad. It was a small thing to where she was upset that I because I like to argue. Mm-hmm. Her words. I don't. I don't think I argue. I think I just discuss. I okay. think. I think I just I feel like an argument is when the voice when the tone gets higher. That's an argument, mm-hmm. and I and, and I guess because of our extreme, I, I guess I think about that like that because my examples are extreme. Mm-hmm. Like when my father, our father, would get into an argument, his voice would raise. Mm-hmm. 
Other than that, he was discussing stuff. When my mother would get into an argument, her voice would raise. Mm-hmm. So for me, I always pictured an argument is only an argument if my voice is raised. Mm-hmm. So that's but so everything else it was a discussion and she and she would feel that I was arguing with her even though I was very calm in this because she didn't like the discussion part of it which yeah. is very odd to me you know the dude who wants to speak to you to his girl is 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 where he gets in, tr- in trouble well i mean i i, I see it from both perspectives cuz um i don't know where i got this bad information but um i had the uh the bad habit of believing that if i'm engaging in conversation with you that is that's it that's the ends to the mean that i've got i've done it i've i've turned in the homework of being a a good partner mm. or a good dude or an engaging friend. person friend or anything but then and i'm all credit to um, life and therapy and everything, but I, I think there's an element of being a dude that you're like just slowly wearing women down. Just you're just she's rock and you're just a wave, mm-hmm. and you're just gonna keep the tide's gonna keep coming in, and then eventually she's gonna turn into sand. And then that sand's gonna turn into coral, and now she's a part of your ocean. I didn't know the coral was sand. Yeah, I didn't know that. Or it's like dead, um, it's dead, uh, like crustacean scales. Oh, uh, okay. But I, I, the cool thing about it is, is like understanding that and not embracing it, but like really dissecting and um, like becoming almost not meta but like really um getting into the heart of how much of my relationship with women is just antagonizing them in ways <laughs> that they don't think i'm antagonizing them and then gaslighting them like no i didn't mean that blah 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 when it's just like why do they have to jump through all my dumb hoops why do they have to like fill this like because we want, we want to make sure that they're going to be there at the at the end of that you know, well, it's kind I of mean, a testing them. Like they test us every day. I, I I think that's a part of the the what the perspective that I've been able to gain through everything, through um, my wife, through therapy, through just in life in general, is that as fun as it is to kind of like bounce off ideas and speak recklessly and and everything. That's not what another person's for, you know? Mm, And it 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 is extremely lonely and almost tragic to realize how much of that had been how I engaged with people for so long. That's a gem. Where do you think you get that from? Or you think it's a genetic thing that we're connected with that we have similar trade because I have the same thing that I do you know well I, I I think for me it was like feeling like my family didn't get me and that still don't I'm joking yeah. 
and that we're all basically satellites, you know, kind of orbiting each other, but not necessarily, it, not collected in like a space station kind of way. We're all just kind of beacons, and we pass by each other in the night, and those times we relay messages, and <laughs> it's a spark of joy, and then we keep flying around, and I don't see brothers and cousins and, and sisters and mothers and everybody for for months on end and it and it seems cool um but i th i think ultimately um i think there's a real fear and loneliness even if it's like not even if that's who you are like i've always been a by myself dude you know i've always enjoyed Trust, I know. <laughs> yeah, I've always enjoyed myself. I always enjoyed the times that I've, you know, what I fill my time with. And Which could be connected to why you don't feel connected to your family because you just maybe you know maybe just maybe a little bit. But also, I just don't like people, <laughs> you know. And I think going to school, going to college, doing comedy, and like going to birthday parties and like being an adult and drinking, being the bay and everything like that, just put this like not pressure but i feel like i was being disingenuous most of the time like i'm a friendly guy i'm open guy i let people talk i make people feel welcome i you know make sure that um you know i'm a big dude so i don't i don't make any sudden movements i make sure that people know that i'm on the other side of the street for a reason <laughs> don't come over here um the first black guy that actually wants you to be on the other side of the street, people. Leave me alone. <laughs> but I think slowly realizing that I don't like everybody and I don't need everyone to like me is the most liberating thing I could hope anyone could find. A liberty out there, yeah. Because if they don't find that, if they, I mean, also I'm an introvert, depressive, cynic, so it all, it fits. Which is weird because you're a Leo, but whatever. I'm a Leo, I'm the king of my own castle and my castle is, is, is a cool apartment with a nice dog and a nice lady and that's it i don't have to conquer anybody i don't have to like kowtow to anybody I like being cool with who i am uh took a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of like heartbreak and that's um that's my journey i don't know how you you know find your own way but i found out that i don't need a bunch of people around me i don't like a bunch of people around me mm -hmm. And that's that's uh, that's that's keeping me out of a lot of the energy that I feel like makes people like have to push buttons or have to be in the mix or have to be out in these streets or like whatever <laughs> analogy for being an asshole. Look at me, pay attention to me, wham wham, want the titty milk. Like <laughs> titty milk. Everybody's a baby. <laughs> Everybody wants what they need or what they think they need, and and. Uh, uh, I've 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 found out what uh what I have, and uh, I'm starting from there. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that energy is very hard to manage because we're all emotional beings. But uh, I hope I hope you find your way through it, and I hope other people find their way through it, just so that you don't have to like start imprinting negative energy on just like people being people yeah yeah i mean yeah i'm hurting man i'm not gonna lie to you it's been <laughs> it's, it's interesting man um 
because I, I, I mean, because we're gonna wrap up soon, but I, I don't know, man. It's one of those things that you know. I'm at the place where yeah, I don't, I don't need to be around people. I'm comfortable who I am. But um, yeah, I don't know. When it comes, when it comes to relationships, especially with me, I'm the kind of person that if I know I can, if if I see it, I can do it. And the problem with me and people is I can't control people. So everything that I I do, I can control. And it's always a balance to let loose of that control that I'm trying to have over somebody. Um, because I know I'm right. <laughs> like I know on some level I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And um but I the other side of it is they don't they don't see it that way and um and and I I'm, I'm hurting because I really really believed in and I never I never got to believe in love in a way. And I never had it. Like I didn't grow up with it with with women like that. Like I didn't like it was just fucking and dipping. Like that was it. That was I was moving from place to place. I didn't have time to really have a relationship with you. Let's just let's just have fun. And yeah, I don't know. I I I, I hear what you're saying and I agree with like maybe eighty percent of it, ninety percent of it. Even more than that, it's probably, I'm probably just too tired to remember everything. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I love is an interesting thing, man. Um, I do feel like I've, uh, after this, <laughs> after this situation, uh, I, I, she broke the key off. I don't want to, I don't want to open the door up anymore. Like, I'm, I'm one of those right now. I'm just going, going through it, man. I just wish, I just wish her the best, of course. I hope she finds, you know, a lottery ticket, wins a million dollars, of course. And um, everybody else is going through this, you know. Um, again, filler words. I got to get rid of those. I'm just going to play the song, man. We're going list, to listen to this. We're going to close out. OJ, please tell them your Instagram. Thank, thank, first, thank you again for being my on my second episode. I hella appreciate this. It's been a grind, man. It's been one hell of, one one fuck up after another with this thing. And I'm just happy to finally have it here, and I'm happy you were here to join with me on this episode too. Thank you, my brother. Now tell them your social media, tell them where they can find you. Don't find me. <laughs> I'm not on social media for you. I'm on social media for me. These pictures of my dogs are for me. I have bad memory. Um, no, I, I write a comedy blog called Clearing Comedy. That's where all my uh, all my writings are, but also where all my uh, profiles are on uh, private. Okay. So if you want to still, if you want to, I don't know what you can do there, but uh, that's where you can find me. Other than that, uh, I'm very accessible. Just ask someone who knows me, and I'll talk to you that way. But other than that, uh, you'd be blessed. Uh, I am a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, and. 
you want to find me and everything mine, um, currently looking for my page that I made, <laughs> and I can't find it, so fuck it. If you want to find me, just go to my Instagram. I'll let you guys, you guys can find me at uh, first, that's number one, S-T, period, Ortavius, that is O-R-T-A-V-I-U-S. Do not call me that name in public, please. Um, it's O-T, and that's all. Um, and like I said, y'all got the song. I'm not going to play the whole song, but this is for everybody going through a breakup and still having to play those violent, and not having a breakup, even a disconnect, yo. We millennials, our, our breakups are just disconnects. We just black people now. But here's here's day 26, if it wasn't for you, closing out. Thanks again. This is You Got a Story. One.